This is Artist Stories, featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. I'm Jenny Sanchez, and today I'm with Alex Jimenez, public artist, illustrator, printmaker, and mother. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today on Artist Stories. Thank you so much, Janae. I'm super excited to be chatting with my friend. This is going to be great. So I would love to just jump right into talking about the major project that you've been working on over the past few years. I know yesterday you were painting a mural and really it's become like a full-time job for you. Can you tell us all about this project that you're working on that is really centering water in the desert? Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. So about a year ago, I was brought on to a team after a call to artists to join Tucson Water on this really experimental project. So the U.S. Water Alliance is um, a national organization that um, does water advocacy, and they created a program called the Water Arts and Culture Accelerator. Tucson Water applied to be a city in a utility as a part of it, and they were selected. And then together with the Water Alliance, chose me. And part of their call was that they were looking for an artist who was going to uh, work within communities, specifically in the south side and west sides of Tucson, and they wanted to build trust. Uh, And that was their sort of very big ask. So with that work, um, we did lots of group meetings along with other city teams. So there was a Philadelphia team, there was a team from Little Rock, Arkansas, And then there's a team from, I believe, Madison, Wisconsin. So it was a bunch of utility artist teams. And um, we talked a lot about water, about community art making. And uh, last year was a lot of networking where I was in the community with um, stakeholders and groups, neighborhood group, talking to them um, about what I might be able to do and what project I might end up coming up with. And out of a lot of the talks we had, it became important to Tucson Water. We identified that um, listening was really key um, to building trust. And um, I just wanted to create opportunities to listen. There's bad history with water in the south side of Tucson because of contamination that happened because of a airplane manufacturing company that Hughes at the time uh, was dumping chemicals into the airport wash, which runs right through the south side of Tucson, and it contaminated the water underneath and affected many people with deaths and sicknesses and cancers. And some of the effects um, are still being felt by people who grew up drinking that water. The water is clean now, has been since the 80s when they stopped delivering that water. And when it all was brought to light, it became one of the the first EPA-funded Superfund sites uh, which is a cleanup site uh, that the federal government manages. Uh, so we have a whole cleanup area over off of um, Irvington and the river that actually brings in the aquifer water and purifies it and takes out the contaminants and then um, re-delivers the clean water. So that's the sort of the context in which I was working. The older generations still have a lot of feelings about what happened. Um, younger generations aren't as much aware of what happened. But I thought it was important to be open to hearing 
to asking questions and to providing opportunities for people mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Um, voice what they feel like they need to voice. And out of that came this idea to listen to our environment as well. And so when I started in the spring of last year, I started thinking about the rain that was going to be coming that summer and how much climate change is affecting our rainfall and will continue to affect our rainfall. You know, thinking about water preservation is a huge part of the utility's job. They spend a lot of time at Tucson Water planning for the future of our water security. And how can we bring people in on that was sort of a question I was asking. And how can we create a better relationship with water? That all led to me asking the public to participate in a community audio project where I asked people to record uh, monsoon rain sounds and then send me the audio. Around three minutes is what I asked people to, to send me. I got um, a good amount of submissions, so I was super excited for any participation. Mm-hmm. But I, along with two other artists I um, hired, um, were kind of the storm chasers that summer. And we all had high quality um, audio devices and um, we were just recording all summer long. That was a really interesting and exciting experience because I've never worked with sound before in, in any capacity. <laughs> so I learned a lot about recording and about soundscapes and like how much noise there is that you don't even realize until you sit and listen. And uh, I was hoping that the experience of engaging with the rain in that way would allow people to listen to their like immediate environment and notice where water is cooling and notice where it's flowing and uh, the sounds that all of that makes because there's like splashy rain sounds when there's a puddle and then there's like um you know hard rain sounds when it's like just like bouncing off um and uh that like ties into a lot of work that Tusa Water is doing in trying to um, create green stormwater infrastructure so um finding ways to use our storm water in uh, more effective ways to help with um, urban heat, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's kind of a lot of ideas that went into that project. Um, And that whole project was um, while we were working with the U.S. Water Alliance. And I really wanted to do something for Dia de San Juan in June of last year, but we just hadn't created enough momentum, enough relationships to really do anything effective. So Tucson Water wanted to keep me on. So they decided to create um, their very first artist in residency. And I was their first artist in residence. Yeah. Amazing. You're the first um, in history. (laughs) Yeah. That's incredible. So Mm -hmm. the residency is continuing this year. Mm -hmm. And you're continuing to work in, in the South Side and just expanding upon the ideas of, of the first project. Can you talk a little bit more about how the project is expanding into, into this year and what's in store? Yeah. So with all that audio, we now have this like audio library, which we are going to be making public. So anyone can go and pull the raw audio if they want to use it in some way. But all this audio... I'm commissioning Logan Phillips, a local um, sound artist, musician, poet, DJ, to um, create a long format soundscape, like several hours long, that you could just put on and listen to in the background of Tucson Monsoon Rain. And that mm-hmm. that will be called the Chubasco Channel um, Monsoon Soundscape. And 
um, I kind of was thinking about how with less and less rainfall, we may have to experience rain digitally someday in, mm-hmm. because it, it may be that reduced. And that's, I think, maybe too apocalyptic, but um, I think it's an interesting question to um, think about, you know, how we have to archive our natural environment now as it is before it continues to change in a negative way. And so I wanted to have that monsoon experience for people to feel uh, when they're wanting the rain and not getting it. And um, so that's, that will be the Chubasco channel. And then um, as a part of that, I thought it'd be really interesting to allow local musicians to play with those raw audio files and see what they came up with. So we commissioned six musicians to create um, their own original pieces utilizing the sort of library of sounds we have and that'll be the monsoon mixtape. And all of those those two pieces to the Chabasco channel will be premiering, available for people to listen to the week before the de San Juan on June 24th. And on June 24th, we're gonna do a site installation on the Santa Cruz River underneath the bridges to experience the Chabasco channel monsoon soundscape, as well as to play the monsoon mixtape. And hopefully there'll be some visual elements too that's where I come in as the visual artist but it's about for me this experience of rain on a site that has lost its water and that'll be really interesting um, and sad I think um, because the loss of the Santa Cruz River um, as a flowing river um, is something that people who lived in Tucson for many generations we've experienced in our families so that that idea of memory was really interesting to me as well and as a part of like all the work that I'm doing, involving the community in it has been um, really important. And so um, part of my uh, what I've been on the ground doing these past couple months has been um, working in the South Side in neighborhoods, just being a presence, creating art about water, um, working with neighborhood associations and just inviting people to make art with me, whether that's chalk art painting on the sidewalks um, with tempera or um, making murals on pallets. I've just been exploring different ways to make art while talking about water. I even came up with this little stop motion studio where people could come and add stamped raindrops so it could make a, a, a time lapse of like a kind of a flowing river. And so that was interesting. So I've been doing a lot of experiments with uh, community engaged art. That's so beautiful. I mean, there are so many elements that make this piece so whole. And I just, I really can't wait to see how it continues to expand and inspire the next generation of artists, right, to continue on water as an artistic theme. I'm curious, what are, what is something new that you have learned from community um, going through this project that surprised you perhaps? Um, well, it still surprises me that um, many Tucsonans don't know where their water comes from. I didn't totally know. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know until I began work with the utility and got a in-person tour of like our recharge basins out in Avra Valley. Okay. And But I did know that a lot of our water comes from the CAP project, so Colorado River Water. But there's still a lot of people who don't know that. And I think that's a vital piece of information <laughs> to know, you know, that that we are using um, resources that are regional and we have to consider the whole region and the ecology which we're a part of when we c- 
consume mm-hmm. water, you know, um, and it's not just groundwater that uh, it's a blend of CAP and groundwater that we actually get. Yeah. So that's, that was really surprising to me. And then what I've learned in my artistic practice is just more openness, you know, um, a lot of release of control, you know, I'm a, an artist who works on commissions. So people come to me because they want my work and they want, you know, a specific thing. And I love doing that. Um, but with um, socially engaged art, you have to release the outcome. And it's not about necessarily mm-hmm. my vision <laughs> for it. It's more about the process and what people can learn and what's um, functionally, um, what's functional. You know, I can't, um, design something that is so complicated that uh, someone off the street wouldn't be able to just walk up and help me. Um, I would spend more time <laughs> telling them what not to do than like allowing them to just have fun. Uh, and so you, it's a completely different design process when I um, am working with community. Amazing. I would love to go back in time a little bit. Can you tell us about your artistic route? and your relationship to your art practice? Yeah, I think for me, my work really stems from reality. I mean, it stems from my lived experience as a Chicana fourth generation Tucsonense in the Sonoran Desert. So much of what I make is all about that experience. It's also my love for the natural world and my curiosity is a a big part of my work and my artistic practice. I love asking questions. I was questions girl in high school. <laughs> I always had a question. Yeah, so that curiosity is what continues to drive my appreciation for science and for research. And I like to take that type of questioning and reasoning in a way into art. Um, and uh, I think that social issues can be discussed through artwork in a similar way. And I think that illustration is an interesting medium because it visualizes solutions to things that can't be described in words. I really love that about the field of illustration, which is why I went into it. That all has to do with my root of uh, loving discovery. I love experimenting. I'm just uh, always in wonder of of new things I find out. Just mm-hmm. the world amazes me. The natural world amazes me. I think um, it just like continues to blow my mind. And I, if you know me for any period of time, I'll probably tell you at least one story of the behind workings of some ecological process mm-hmm. that you probably didn't know about <laughs> that I find really interesting. It just adds a lot of depth to the world that you're walking around in. And when I make art, I like to think about multiple levels and you might not see it immediately in my piece, but when you talk to me, I'll tell you about mm-hmm. it. And that's, that's what I love about what I love doing with my art. That's so cool. Alex, can you describe um, the moment when you knew you wanted to pursue a career as an artist? I knew I was going to be a veterinarian from the age of six years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, I talked about vet school all the way from six until high school. <laughs> And I even chose the college I chose, Cornell University, because my whole plan was to go to vet school. I never would have thought I would have been an artist ever. Um, It didn't seem 
a possibility. I didn't think I had artistic ability or skill. Um, I loved photography, did a lot of photography all through college, film photography. Um, and I really loved the process of it. And I love the sort of the natural design when you're capturing a photo of composition um, was really, I thought was always my strong suit. So for me, when I decided I wanted to be an artist was kind of an accident because I I went back to school to get a second degree for graphic design, thinking that um, the functionality and creativity would work better with my personality than the field of sciences, which did not suit my personality. And so I left the field of science after I graduated um, with an animal science degree. And um, so I went to the U of A, went, got into the art program, um, and then I found illustration. And illustration, that class opened up this whole field of creativity that just went beyond my conception of what art could be. Like I said before, illustration is a visual story. And um, I really fell in love with using visual elements to answer a question. Um, you know, how do I illustrate what I'm trying to say? And that was what I loved doing. So, and then I found that there were so many illustrators with many different styles and voices of technique. And I realized that I could come up with my own style that worked for me. And I didn't have to be Picasso. I didn't have to be, um, you know, Monet. Um, I didn't even have to be a painter. I could figure out what type of illustration suited me best and then go from there. So that was what I had gotten interested in and, and that what became my emphasis. But what really started my whole career is I had done a project, a typography project on my last year in college where I made an alphabet and I did that through photography and I photographed buildings on the south side of Tucson because I grew up there. I knew just what amazing um, hand-painted signs there were and the variety of color and just the uniqueness of it and the history behind it was really interesting to me. So I went after a grant to fund expanding that project and fund me doing more screen prints of the letters and possibly writing a book. <laughs> And so when I won that grant, part of it was also interviewing, interviewing the business owners whose buildings I had photographed. And that first grant like started me off in pursuing art in that way. And I just enjoyed it so much. And I was like, if this is what being an artist is, I, I want to keep doing this. And so um, every year I've just continued to pursue funding and pursue funding to um, the point where um, I'm closer and closer to be being more of a fully funded public artist. Can you tell us what that first grant was that you applied for that really got you going into, you know, working in this way with, you know, grant funding and, and the community? Yeah, it was through the Arizona Commission on the Arts and it was the Artist Research and Development Grant. Nice. And I think it's a wonderful um, program. And I recommend it to everybody I talk to who is just starting out because it's all about funding your research and development. And it, it, that can be, and I've sat on the panel to judge applicants since then, and it can be something as specific as researching a technique, you know, in your studio practice, a technique of, of making paint or a technique of do, making photographs. Um, so there's like um, a really wide range of, of things that you could do. You just have to 
have a desire, you know, to um, investigate something and grow as an artist. Yeah, I don't know if I would be on the trajectory that I am if it wasn't for that particular opportunity. <laughs> That's amazing. So I think this is a good segue into a conversation about advice for artists. What would you say to artists looking to take that next step, especially into grant funding? Yeah, I say, you know, you just have to try it. You know, you have to go after the ones that are more geared towards the beginning artists, you know, like the Research and Development Grant. And uh, the Arts Foundation has several grants that are really aimed towards developing artists. And use each one to leapfrog to the next. You know, you start off with one idea. And um, so with me, at that first grant, I did a lot of interviews. And I, I learned screen printing and I did some prints. Uh, I didn't get to write a book, but that was okay. <laughs> and um, later, I actually used what I had worked on, and then I made I made a kid's alphabet book. So I was able to turn that project into something that became something I could sell and continue to make money from, but also is like an object that I made, you know, about my community. So I really loved that book. Uh, from there, I wrote another grant through the Arts Foundation to take those interviews I had and make a mural um, in the South Side about the community. And so I that's the talking mural that's on the side of Ois Raspados. And I partnered with Johanna Martinez, who's an established muralist, and I had no idea how to make a mural. And I do not consider myself a painter even now. Um, and so she really took me under her wing and guided me. And so partnerships are really key to growing as an artist. You have to be um, willing to uh, extend a hand. I didn't know Johanna well at all. Uh, I just knew of her and I knew she was a woman. <laughs> and so there aren't that many female muralists. And so I said, will you do this with me? You, you'll be the technical expertise. I'll write the grant, you know, and I'll, I'll I'll work on the visuals, the storyline, and we can collab. And it was a great partnership. We're still really good friends. Um, we actually share a studio space now. Um, nice. So partnerships are really important because if you don't feel like you have the maybe portfolio or ability, find someone who does and ask them to partner with you on it. You'll learn from them. They'll learn from you. And then you both are funded if you're going after a grant. And it might be not a lot of funding, <laughs> but it's still um, it's still like a really good uh, first step and then just building off. And so this idea of working in community and asking questions and making art about what I hear kind of really started me on how I engage with uh, community uh, as an artist now. So it really informed my social art practice. And so each each thing you do, just learn from it and decide what about it you want to keep building. And don't be intimidated by your technical ability. I do not think I'm a great painter. <laughs> and, um, you know, I have the things that I'm good at, but I know how to design a painting so that I have the ability to execute it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you really have to know yourself and accept yourself and then push yourself to get a little bit better at something and so I always get just a little bit better at my paintings every time I do a mural and that makes me feel really good um, even if I'm not um, where maybe um, my idols are at <laughs> mm -hmm. at least um, you know I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish um, yeah 
just, yeah, don't be scared and take advantage of any opportunity someone extends to you. And I have always tried to extend that hand to people if they need help with editing or, you know, with applications, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a skill, but luckily there's a lot more applications that are video based now. So that's its own hard way to apply for something, but it might suit you better. So, uh, such great advice. I, I I really love that, and I concur with all of it, especially bringing in collaborators and you know learning from each other. Right, it's like this exchange that it's so enriching to not only an artistic practice, but to to somebody's personal life as well. I've also experienced really deep relationships through collaboration. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Alex, what is moving you right now? Literally, figuratively? Yeah, I'm. what's really moving me is um, just this excitement to be in neighborhoods right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, um, it is my community of practice. I was raised in the South side. My family has history there. And I just love connecting with people about our shared uh, love of our community and to be making art in a neighborhood and not having had to like have someone hire me to do it, but because it's just part of my engagement work with Tucson water, it's just so freeing. You know, I, I've been able to, um, come up with things and let people come in and make art with me and the art might be coloring in designs I've drawn or um you know asking them to write a haiku but it's still um really interesting and I guess what moves me I would I never saw artists I didn't grow up with artists in my family I didn't know what it could be or could look like and so if I can be someone from my community who is funded um, as a public artist, making art back into my community. And if that makes people think differently about what art can do, that makes me really excited. I think the South Side just has had so many years of disinvestment that to be able to invest in my community again and to give these little visual gifts, (laughs) you know, as part of my work with Tucson Water, it's just really uh, moves me. And I think that I get to learn a lot more about my community. Um, I get to ask questions about people and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just really, really exciting. What are you working on right now? What's coming up in the future? Yeah. So um, I, with my artist residency with Tucson Water, um, I'm going to be in the C Rose neighborhood through most of April. So I'll be working in there. I'm going to be doing a mural on someone's side of someone's house, which is kind of like an entryway into the neighborhood. So that'll be exciting to be um, working on a wall with the community um, over a couple of weeks. And then um, I'm gearing up, organizing the event for June 24th for Via de San Juan. Um, And then on top of that, um, I am going to be doing another community project. Um, And the funding will be coming through for me and I'm going to learn a new medium, which is uh, mosaic tile making. And I'm wow. going to be working in the South Side again, uh, making mosaic pieces with people about uh, people they've lost. And so we'll all be constructing a memorial um, out of all those tiles um, to honor the deaths of um, our loved ones from COVID, but also from other um, diseases and loss. 
That's really incredible. What a full plate you have. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really exciting to see that you're living the dream, right? A full-time artist, artist mom. (laughs) Yeah. You're making all of this happen. I'm just really proud to be your friend, really inspired by your work. Finally, we could just touch on what it means to be a full-time public artist. What does it mean to you and how is your approach different making work in community? Yeah, I think um, I've never experienced what I'm doing now, which is Mm -hmm. why I wanted to see it being done. One of the, we talked about pivotal moments earlier, but one of them was a project I was on with you, you know, working in Douglas, um, your hometown. And um, that was my first experience, like being an outsider, making work about a community I was not a part of. And um, I'm a very honest person and my artwork is very honest. It's just, it's just truth, my truth. So it was interesting to try to tease out from the community of Douglas what their truth was and try to make artwork that reflected what we heard and what they wanted to see. My Abasari the Sur project, the alphabet project of the South Side, the visual elements of it are all about grounding this beautiful designs within the site in which it came from. Like I have a map, you know, and each image shows the actual building where the letter came from. Mm-hmm. And what I really have always disliked is when um, art is made in an extractive way. And there's a lot of... Mm-hmm. I think photography can tend to do that because they are just snapshots and it gets pulled out. So you don't know the context of where that photo came from. And like, you know, all those beautiful door photos, right, of the the varios in the downtown area. Well, that vario was where my family lived before they were displaced. Mm -hmm. There's a whole history of that vario that cannot be told through beautiful photos of doors. And um, that really bothers me um, as an artist. It has always been my uh, desire to go deeper and to um, bring things forward that need to be discussed. And um, with the South Side, it's that our community was disinvested from, ignored, but there's so much beauty there because the people are beautiful. Anything I do in my public art practice is like, how can I bring out in people um, what they're interested in. So (laughs) one of them and what they believe in too. So in my um, project with Tucson Water, I have this little worksheet I made and I asked people to fill it out for me. And it's like, um, uh, write a haiku about water. Um, Tell me uh, one positive thing and one negative thing about water. Um, And then, Uh, tell me a story about water and then draw that picture draw a picture of that story (laughs) and um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was curious what I'd hear um, because I wanted to know if contamination is in the forefront of people's minds well in in this so far I I have in my little bit I've done so far people are just like water's powerful and there's a huge fear of drowning which I didn't think would rise but when people think of water that's one of the things that's coming up and it's interesting okay. um, so the mural that I'm doing in the fairgrounds neighborhood is called Poder de Agua and it's 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 about water and the power of water and um, that's kind of where that idea came from yeah just any way I can engage people to like learn about them and learn what they believe that will inform the work I make about that community mm. 
That is beautiful, and I think that approach is this the best way to go about working in a neighborhood, especially as a public artist. Mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate seeing that. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you so much, Alex, for having this conversation with me. We'll be looking out for all of the the work that is upcoming with this current project with. Tucson Water, and then also the new grant-funded project that I'm sure we'll hear an announcement about in the near future. So congratulations. Thank you. This has been Artist Stories. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez. Additional audio for this podcast was provided by Alex Jimenez as part of the Chubasco channel in collaboration with Logan Phillips. Additional audio was created by Kevin Larkin, Karima Walker, and Kazo as part of the Monsoon Mixtape.